Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Tuesday, July the 18th. And welcome to our welcome to our commentary. I have a post over at the American Thinker. I just wanted to direct you to that if you have a chance. Of course, American Thinker is one of the great websites. You should be checking it every day. There are, you know, 20 or 30 articles that come out over at American Thinker on a daily basis. I mean, it's a very informative place to go and get your uh, opinions from people. And I've got a post over at the American Thinker today. It's on the right-hand side. There's two columns. Mine is on the right-hand side. Uh, and it's about the movie industry. As you may know, uh, the actors and the writers are on strike. We talked a little bit about, uh, talked to Bill Katz a little bit about this in the podcast that we recorded yesterday. You can listen to it uh, by going to our blog and, and check it out. But we talked a little bit about what's happening in the movie industry. The industry is in trouble. And yes, there are some realities, some market realities that have put the industry in trouble. Number one, uh, people don't watch movies like they used to. You know, Bill Katz was telling me that at one time, something like 90 million people went to see a movie uh, in, in a year, maybe more. And uh, that just doesn't happen like it used to be. You know, there are other alternatives to going to a movie. For a long time, going to a movie was the most, uh, other than a concert, was the most interesting form of entertainment. If you wanted to watch a show or something, you you went to a movie, particularly in smaller towns where you didn't have the concerts uh, and stuff like that. So yes, the industry has changed. People are watching movies differently. They're, they're streaming movies. They're watching them at home. There's cable news, I mean, cable movie options. There's just a lot of options now that you didn't have 40 or 50 years ago when movies dominated the entertainment industry. So that's true. I mean, that is a fact uh, that uh, people are watching a little differently than they used to. There is another reality, though, and this is what I think the industry has to consider, and that is the quality of the movies. Um, you know, at one time, there was always, you know, a big movie you wanted to see. I haven't been excited about movies in quite some time, to be honest with you. And my problem is that a lot of the movies these days, particularly the ones coming out of Disney, and I used to be a big fan of Disney, uh, not just when I was a kid, but with my own kids and myself, I used to watch a lot of the movies with them uh, because they were just good movies to watch, entertaining movies. But a lot of the movies here recently, particularly from Disney, have become very preachy and they're pushing an agenda. They're pushing a uh, you know, a, a virtue agenda. They want you to be this way. They want you to think this way. And, and often uh, they're challenging a lot of your traditions, a lot of the things that you believe in. And I think a lot of people like me are saying, why should I pay money to see that? You know, why should I pay money to see a movie 
that is not making me feel, frankly, a moving, mocking what I believe. And, and I think that's a big problem uh, in the movie industry right now. So I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how they're, they're going to come out of this. I assume they will. And I hope they do because I have nothing against the people who make movies or the actors. I have nothing against them. I wish them well. But I think they need to take a look at the movies they're making if they really want to understand why so many people are rejecting what they are doing. If all they want to do is blame uh, factors like streaming and other things, well, there, there is room for that. I'm not saying that that doesn't count. But they got to make movies that people want to watch. And right now, unfortunately, they're not, at least in my opinion, and the opinion of lots of people who are not, not turning out to see movies like, like they did at one time. So check out my post over at the American Thinker about it's called Saturday Night Movies. That's the name of the post. That's how you'll be able to, uh, to find it. Well, there's a lot of talk these days about a third party having somebody else running in 2024 besides the Democrat and the Republican. I mean, I guess if you're going to base yourself on right now, it would be Donald Trump versus Joe Biden. But I don't think that's the way it's going to end up. But that's what it looks like uh, today, a year um, what, a year and three months, a year and two months ahead of the conventions. So if we were basing it on today, it would be Donald Trump versus Joe Biden. But there is room out there, people out there who want to see a third candidate. And the name that is starting to surface is the name of Senator Joe Manchin, who is a senator from West Virginia, who has no chance of being reelected in West Virginia. He's a Democrat in a state that is super Republican, and he simply has no chance to to be reelected, but he could, he could run a successful campaign for president. Now, for those of you who don't know Senator Manchin, he's kind of a centrist Democrat. He's not a liberal Democrat. He's very much of a centrist Democrat. For example, he's, I agree with him on energy policy and on government spending. I mean, he could be a Republican really in, in many ways, but again, he's not going to be reelected in, in West Virginia. But he could play a factor in the 2024 elections. There is a party out there gaining strength. Now, they're only, at the moment, they're only available in four states. So they're going to have to sign up or get registered in at least 50 states to make, uh, to make a difference. But Senator Manchin, I think, would be a very good candidate to run for president as the party, uh, as an independent or what they call no-labels party. And I think he would argue that uh, we have to get away from the traditional party and the extremes uh, to govern. It, I think he would make a very good case. Now, who would he hurt? My guess is that he would hurt the Democrats more than the Republicans because he would be appealing to Democrats out there, you know, the ones who are still out there who think their party has gone too far to the left. But you never know. You never know what could happen in a three-way race. But no question that Joe Manchin should be looked at as a potential third-party candidate, and I wouldn't overrule it at this point. I would not overrule it, uh, and I think he'd be an effective campaigner, too. I think he would be somebody out there who would be uh, able to connect with people and answer questions and do the kind of campaigning that it would take to, to run for president. So keep an eye. Keep an eye on Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia. I think he could be running for president in 2024. Well, there's a lot of discussion in the United States about banning books. And, you know, as always, some people are saying that we're censoring opinions and that we're censoring political opinions. And that's simply not the case. 
That is simply not the case at all. Um, I know here in Texas we have banned a lot of books, but the books that are no longer available are books that have to do with pornography and books that have to do with inappropriate information for kids. Look, I don't think that a five-year-old, a six-year-old, a seven-year-old, an eight-year-old, frankly, should be looking at books that have graphic images of sexuality, whether it's sexuality or homosexuality, whatever it is. I don't think that an eight- or nine-year-old boy or girl should be looking at a book that has images of two men touching each other in private parts. That simply doesn't make any sense. That's not censure. That is simply a case of common sense. And what a lot of parents are doing is that they're going to these school boards and they're saying, why are you teaching or why are you showing this book to my kid? And now you have, you know, for example, President Obama, former President Obama, giving a speech yesterday talking about how he's very concerned about we're banning books. You know what? That doesn't mean anything to me when you're talking about banning books. Be specific. What book exactly do you object to? Because if you're talking about books that have graphic examples of sexuality, that's not censure. That's just common sense. That is simply the parent saying, this is not appropriate for my kid to be watching that. So, um, you know, I think a lot of this stuff about censoring books is frankly a lot of dogma, a lot of people just wanting to get a headline. But we're not censoring opinion in this country. We're just censoring some books that are simply not appropriate for youngsters. That's what this is This is all about. Well, on this day in 1969, two things were happening that were very interesting. On one hand, the country was tuned in to the Apollo 11 mission heading for the moon. I mean, Apollo 11 was on its way to the moon and uh, would land, uh, I recall, on a Sunday afternoon, July the 20th, and everybody was focused on that. It was uh, the whole country was into it, not, not just the United States, but the whole world was tuned into it. And of course, we know what happened. Neil Armstrong walked on the moon and the whole thing became one of the most historic days of the 20th century. But something else was happening too on July 18th, 1969 that would have a huge impact in our politics. And that's what came to be known as Chappaquiddick. Chappaquiddick is actually a river in Massachusetts. And on this day in 1969, Senator Ted Kennedy was at a party and he left the party with a young woman. And as they were driving through the Chappaquiddick River or the bridge, uh, I don't know what happened, but he lost control of the car. The car went in. The young woman drowned. And then Ted Kennedy went into hiding. And the whole thing became a huge scandal for uh, Ted Kennedy and the Kennedy family. It probably destroyed his presidential ambitions. He was never again uh, considered a presidential candidate. He spent a lot of time in the Senate, but he lost all possibility of becoming president because of that incident. Now, in 1980, uh, Senator Ted Kennedy did challenge President Carter and took him to the convention, but uh, Carter eventually won. But Ted Kennedy's career was never the same after Chappaquiddick on this day in 1969. Now, there have been a lot of books written about this, and I think there was even a movie that came out uh, a few years ago, but the bottom line is that the reckless behavior that Senator Kennedy displayed on that day just simply destroyed any presidential ambitions. And that was pretty much the end of Ted Kennedy as a presidential candidate. He It didn't end his senatorial career, as I said. He went on to, to have a very long career, and he died in 2009. 
but he never had presidential. He could never be elected president after Chappaquiddick. Anyway, check out Chappaquiddick. It's an amazing, amazing story. And to have that happen on the same day as the moon landing, well, that took up a lot of news, a lot of front page space uh, back in 1969. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.